Well, when we want to talk KU football, we go to our guy, Mike Plank, the managing editor of RockChalkTalk.com, covering the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And before we dive into it, if you guys could leave a rating and a review on this podcast, we've got a Heartland College Sports koozie for you guys. When you leave a rating and a review on iTunes and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. We'll get you that koozie in the mail. Appreciate it, guys. Mike, let's just get right to it. A new hire, Lance Leopold. I admit I was more of a fan of the Jeff Monken route at Army. I thought the triple option idea would throw the Big 12 for a loop. It'd be tough to, uh, you know, tough to defend, and it would give KU an edge that they don't otherwise have. What do you think of Lance Leopold? Was he your number one guy? If so, why or why not? Ooh, that's a pretty loaded question, uh, Pete. But uh, you know what? I'm always down to talk some KU football, so let's get <laughs> Like you said, let's, let's get right into it. Uh, first things first, though, I believe it's Lance Leifold. So let's, uh, okay. let, let's make sure we're saying, saying that right. But, right. Uh, yeah, Lance, Lance Leifold. Um, and to be honest with you, he was, uh, he was in my top three. But I, I, I'd be hard-pressed to say he was my number one. I was also preferring... Uh, Todd, uh, not Todd Monken, Jeff Monken. Um, and then I was also looking at Chris Creighton at Eastern Michigan. In my opinion, both of those guys had engineered much more impressive turnarounds. Uh, and it was widely reported, at least, you know, local reporters and stuff like that, that Monken wasn't necessarily going to bring the triple option to Kansas. That that was a concern that the athletic director and that some of the big money donors had that they didn't, they didn't want to run the triple option at Kansas for whatever reason. I guess they don't want to win football games, but <laughs> um, but uh, that he was going to tweak it and maybe run something kind of like what well, similar to what we've seen Coastal Carolina do, uh, where it's it's still it's still a spread offense, but it's a power run game, and then you you just kind of throw it at opportune times, right? And obviously Kansas fans are are very familiar with Coastal's. Uh, offense, they put up about a hundred bajillion points on us each of the last two years. So, uh, so yeah, I was a fan of the of the Monken route, but uh, you know, uh, the the more that I look into this, uh, I'm still excited about the Leipold hire. Don't get me wrong, I think he'll be he's been a winner everywhere he's been. I think he probably has a good plan on how he wants to set up his program, how to build his program. The first year or two may be rough, but it usually is. Um, you know, in a new coaching uh, change like this. Uh, but uh, I, I think he can win here. There's no reason why he can't, uh, especially if he follows the blueprint that he's followed his last two stops. So what is, Mike, that, that blueprint? I mean, we know that he, he won an enormous amount at the Division Three level, and, and there's a part of this to me that feels like Kansas State hiring Chris Kleiman from North Dakota State and basically saying, hey, football is football. If you have a, a formula that will win at the FCS level, it can work at the FBS level. That hire has looked pretty good so far. Uh, they're hoping that Leipold can apply what he did at Wisconsin-Whitewater to Buffalo and now to Kansas. What exactly is that formula, though? Uh, I think his, his strengths are, and I'm going to kind of answer the question sideways, I guess. Uh, his strengths are his versatility and his player development. Um, you know, at, at Buffalo and even at, at D3 Whitewater, I mean, you're not recruiting the cream of the crop, right? You're having to look for diamonds in the rough. You're having to look for the two-star Akeem Tlaibs and stuff like that, uh, which is what it takes to win at places like KU and K-State and, and Buffalo. 
Mm-hmm. So he, he's proven that he can do that. Um, he's put, uh, well, I think Buffalo's had a player drafted in each of the last three NFL drafts. And obviously none of them are, you know, going to be four or five star recruits. Like those players developed under his leadership. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, the, the Bulls have put 35 all-conference players in the last three years onto all-conference teams. Uh, I mean, Kansas has had nowhere near that. I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's nowhere near that. Yeah. Uh, so he, he develops these, these lower-rated players. And then what I'm, I mentioned a minute ago is versatility. Uh, it's, again, been pretty widely reported um, that in 2018, when Buffalo won 10 games, they led the Mid-American Conference in passing. The next season in 2019, they won eight games and led the conference in rushing. Like he coaches to his players. He doesn't have a specific, um, you know, style or offense or whatever. He coaches to to the talent he has available. And again, I think that's something you got to do at a place like Kansas. Mm-hmm. So when you are are looking at this, uh, Mike, and you're looking back on what has been a tumultuous few months. I mean, Les Miles stories have gotten, uh, you know, completely uh, crazy. Some of the stuff that people have read. <laughs> leave, leave the LSU part out of it. W- are you glad, based on how the first two years of Les Miles had gone, that he is no longer the head coach? Or did you think, leaving LSU aside, this would have been the guy that could have turned around this program? Uh, I think Les Miles was doing what he was brought here to do. And that was to basically to fix the scholarship situation, right? Mm-hmm. Because we had back-to-back coaches that went hard on the JUCO route. And so we had no, we had no player development. We had no underclassmen. Um, and so and Les Miles, did, he did a great job at that at Kansas. I mean, he had recruiting classes in the 50s-ish. And <laughs> considering the state of the program, that's pretty good. Um, I mean, it's obviously going to be in the lower half of the Power Five, but – pretty good so uh, and even in two years I think he did what he was uh, Wes Miles was never going to win here I don't think if he was it would have been in his last year or two you know year four year five Um, but he got some talent in Uh, I mean he got Devin Neal the local Lawrence product the highest rated recruit in KU football history is going to be in campus this fall so there's going to be some talent for Leipold to work with Uh, and and again his track record is he figures out the best way to utilize the talent that he has. So, um, yeah, I mean, the last miles era ended in a manner in which we didn't want it to, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, he, he did what he was brought here to do. And, and like I said, I don't think he was ever going to win at least, you know, regularly here. It, it, it would just, just would have been at the very tail end of his tenure. Okay. So what do you think? Um, I, and, and I don't know, maybe I've, maybe I've missed this, but I, I would seem to me that a guy like Emmett Jones, who has done a great job to me as the interim head coach and who recruited a lot of these guys out of the state of Texas in particular, uh, should he get a job on this staff? Have you heard anything that, that we may have missed on whether or not he will stay on this staff? Uh, I have not heard anything official, but uh, again, it is widely believed that he will have a role. I think it's probably going to be something like offensive coordinator. Oh, wow. um, Which, again, is a position that he has not had. Now, again, that's just, you know, I don't have any official reports or confirmation or anything like that. But um, I I would say, and Leipold may bring his offensive coordinator. So maybe maybe Emmett Jones is assistant head coach and recruiting coordinator or something like that. I I don't know how they're going to hear it 
but um, he, he, from what I can tell, he will be retained on staff um, because, yeah, you're right. He's, he's crucial to KU's recruiting efforts, especially in Texas. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it's a guy that I don't think people should overlook in terms of what has, uh, what has taken place here over the last several months and how things have gone down. Why is it when you look at, you know, people wanted to make the Turner Gill comparisons. He came from Buffalo, didn't work out here. But, you know, I was looking side by side. Lance Leipold has had so, so, so much more success over a relatively short period of time than Turner Gill ever had. So do you agree that those comparisons are not in any way fair or comparable? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Leipold is no Turner Gill. I, I think Turner Gill... Was he at Buffalo three seasons, I believe, yep. and he had one winning season. Yep. And if you look, if you look at the numbers, that one season when I think they won eight games, their turnover margin was like plus twenty or something just ridiculous and unsustainable. So it, it was the definition of a fluke season. So uh, yeah, and and Leipold obviously has not has done much better than that. He's had four, I think, consecutive bowl eligible seasons at Buffalo. Um, 30 and 16 over the last four years. Um, so yeah, he, he definitely had much more success and much more sustained success. So yeah, any KU fans that are thinking Turner Gill part two, I would, I would nay nay that because I, I, I don't agree with that thought at all. Where are we right now on, on support from the, especially the money folks around KU for this, for this program? Are they just disheartened by the past decade and now the way the Les Miles things went down? Are they, are they disheartened by that? Or are they saying, hey, fresh start, fresh mindset, um, let's see what we got here. Where, where are those people on that? <laughs> You'd have to talk to the people with a lot more money than me, Pete. But, well, uh, well, you know, uh, you, I, know, I, know <laughs> you, I know the circles you run in, Mike. Come on now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, no, I, I, I think it obviously comes with probably every coaching hire. There, there's, a, there's a lot of optimism. Yeah. But I, I, I think a lot of it's justified, too, though. Um, you know, we just talked about, you know, Les Miles has brought in a couple of solid classes. Um, there, there is some talent on the field. Uh, Karan Prunty could be an all-conference player at defensive back. Uh, uh, Devin Neal, the incoming running back, is the highest-rated recruit we've ever had. So there, there's, there's some potential. The offensive line needs a ton of work. That's probably the weakest spot on the team. Um, but uh, I, I think the defense should be decent to solid. And if they can, uh, again, it comes down to versatility. If they can figure out a way to move the ball and score some points on offense, hey, maybe KU can win three or four games this year. I don't think I'd bet on it. But, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, there's definitely some optimism. Um, and I think with the change of athletic director, too, I think that's um, that's – cause for even more optimism than than normal if that makes sense where are we at quarterback right now i mean that's that's i uh, you know we're waiting for the north texas kid to come up and uh see what he's all about where, where are we right now at quarterback yeah from reports i've heard from non-official sources coming out of spring ball it's miles kendrick by a mile right now uh, but they yeah they expect i is it isaiah bean i think out of north yes. texas they expect him to compete for the starting quarterback job. So it'll come down to Bean and Kendrick uh, in the in fall camp. Okay, so it will come down to those two guys. So what right now uh, should KU fans be looking at this season and saying, this group, this unit is is the part of the team that I'm uh, most enthused by that gives me the most confidence for maybe winning those three or four games like you mentioned? 
Well, I mean, I would, I would again have to say the defense. Like I said, Karan Prunty had a great freshman year last year at corner. Um, there's, there's a couple of solid edge rushers. Uh, Stephen Parker, who I believe was the Emma Jones recruit, uh, I think he's coming into his junior year. I believe he should be pretty solid. Coming off the edge is either. Uh, it sounds like he's going to switch back to a four-three defense. By the way, they've been running a three-four the last couple of years under DJ Elliott, but that's going to change back to a four-three by all indications. Um, so he'll probably line up at a D end instead of an outside linebacker. But, um, yeah, I would say if they're going to make any progress this year, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Interesting. And then Leipold, does this guy bring, I mean, what, for people that haven't watched his Buffalo teams, you've obviously done the research now. Is this going to be a team that is kind of a hard nose? Like, is there a team or a program in the power five level that you think this team could end up looking like that we could compare them to in a best case scenario? Honestly, I really hate to say it, Pete. You're putting me on the spot. I think a best case scenario is we compare them to K State. Okay. Um, okay. They're, yeah, they're, uh, they they want to recruit they want to recruit Kansas and Kansas City, um, and then supplement that obviously with plenty of Texas and Oklahoma kids. Um, and then yeah, they yeah. want to play. A, I, I think I think he prefers to play a running a power run style uh, game. Uh, you know, just just pound the ball and control the clock and be disciplined and. And I, I think that's what the goal is going to be. And if they have the talent to do it. I don't know if they have it on the offensive line, but they yeah. have the running back talent to do it. Uh, and if they can find a quarterback who's mobile enough to run some read options and some, you know, spread options and stuff like that, then maybe they can move the ball that way. So, but yeah, I, I yeah. think that's what we're looking at. It's some kind of a K-State-like-ish program. And uh, God, it hurts me to say that. <laughs> he is uh, Mike Plank. Rock Chalk Talk does great work there. Mike, great to have you on the show, my man. We appreciate your time. Hey, Pete. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk to you. Always great to talk to our guy, Mike Plank of Rock Chalk Talk. Appreciate his time. Appreciate you listening. Leave a rating and a review on iTunes right after this podcast. And we've got a free koozie for you guys. When you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It helps more than you guys realize. Uh, that's why we're sending you a koozie when you take a minute out and leave us a rating and a review. Appreciate all you guys do, and we'll talk to you soon. Hit that subscribe button as well, and we've got much more Big 12 coverage coming your way throughout the weeks ahead on Heartland College Sports Weekly.